This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner, the co-host of mine, Michael Burns, always alongside me, this time in Huntsville, Alabama, not in person, but... It is what it is. We'll do another one in hey, person, whoa, Mikey. Whoa, whoa. How you calm, doing calm, calm your mitts, Brandon. Calm your mitts, okay? Calm my Oh, yeah. You're, he's calling out my shirt. He's saying it right away. Uh, big shout out to Whiskey and Walkoffs for this shirt. Calm your mitts. You can only see it on YouTube. Uh, how you doing, dude? It's been I, a while. I'm doing well. I am on location, question mark? Yeah, um, you're uh, on location because of all the house construction that you've been up to lately. Yeah. Not, not by choice. Not by choice. But well, you kind of chose to tear the columns out, didn't you? Or was that not a no? A this is this is that, that was Michael's choice, but this is the floor <laughs> renovation that they're now installing the floor for the third time since August mm-hmm. of twenty one. Hashtag Home Depot win, uh, <laughs> sponsored no by. <laughs> and this one brought to you by uh, not Home Depot. <laughs> so right Other now I'm, that... I'm recording here in uh, my master bedroom with no furniture in it and no trim, just some brand new floor. That's it brand new floor so uh michael joining us from his master bedroom i am joining us from the normal spinner bar and cave i am brandon spinner as i mentioned alongside michael burns this is barrels and barrels a bourbon and baseball podcast you can find us on youtube we'd love to see you watch there you can always get a couple of cool videos over there almost every week uh also head on over to instagram barrels the letter n barrels pod again that is at barrels and barrels pod and also on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is Barrels and Barrels. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as Amazon, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. We're on most of those platforms. We'd love to get your reviews, your ratings. Last I thought I saw was three reviews and 11 five-star ratings. So we'd love to see more of those. There's 33 of you who listen to every episode, it says. So can you hit the star, the five-star button, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Playlist? We do this for the 33 of you. Uh, and thank you for listening. Head on over to YouTube as well if you want to watch us there. You can subscribe and get some more cool content. I do want to give a couple of shout-outs here early, Mikey. I, uh, I, do you have anybody you want to shout-out? No, right not yet. Not, no, not yet. Not, not this moment. Uh, I not, think not, you'll not co- at this moment. No. Uh, last episode, the Bottle and Bond one we did, I gave a shout-out to Tiffany Gibson and her wife. Her wife is not named Kristen Swilly. I did not pause in between the two. So I'm going to give another shout out to Tiffany Gibson and her wife. And uh, they've been very loyal listeners. And I think they just did a road trip where they listened to every episode. So a big shout out to them. Uh, Bourbon Whiskey Library just got a cool package from him with some samples, some cigars, Ooh. a bunch of swag. Uh, so I want to give him a shout out. Nice. Also, uh, Michael King, you know him as 1311 Miscellaneous. Uh, he is the husband of Lady in the Bourbon, which is Jesse. When I saw him, he gave me a pen. He does those cool pen videos on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh. Uh, this is a pen where he takes and he literally, on a lathe, carves out the pen and puts it together. This was the first one he did with a Louisville Slugger bat. So it is a Louisville Slugger bat made into a pen. So big shout out to nice. him. Awesome stuff there. Uh, and also Blue Note, they sent us some cool packaging. So we're going to have to get uh, 
a tasting on the way of the new Blue Note Special Reserve Cask Finish Series that they're coming out with here soon. Ooh. So uh, expect a package here soon, Mikey. Last uh-huh. but not least, T-shirts. We've got T-shirts for sale. I'm holding it up on YouTube. That's the logo. Uh, this is 25 bucks if you want one. We're about to put in a T-shirt order. Uh, so if you want to get those in as soon as possible. So soft. Perfect and, for the spring and summer. Uh, they're very soft. Awesome stuff from Charlie Mike Never Weekend, a company out of North Alabama in Huntsville. Okay. Here's the deal. The first two people to reach out to me and say they want a t-shirt, we're going to waive shipping on. We're going to give free shipping because of a um, a secret admirer who's already paid your shipping. So Ooh. the first two people to reach out, that is 25 bucks. If you want a t-shirt, head on over. Uh, you can email us, barrels, the letter N, barrels, at gmail.com. Or just so, hit up on Instagram. Yeah, you can hit us on Instagram or wherever you find us. If you follow us, I'm Brandon on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, whiskey underscore weather, above Michael's name on YouTube. What is it? BNB underscore Burns. So that's where you can find us there. So we've done uh, a couple interviews. We've done a couple of ratings and tastings. We haven't done a bourbon and baseball podcast all glommed together in a while. It's been the off season. It's been the off season. Is this our first one of 2023? Baseball talk? No, we've done some free agent talk. We for sure. Did. In January. Right after New Year? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think we're on episode 17, but I think I've lost count depending on how many of them we're at. So episode 17 is what we're going to call it now. Our loyal barrel heads, as Kristen Swilly likes to call you. Uh, those are our loyal listeners. We're going to give you the nickname Barrelheads. Uh, if we're wrong and this is in episode 17, we'd love to hear you and love to know it. Uh, but we are going with one of the bottles I was most excited to get last year. Yes. I'm going with Knob Creek 18 for our bourbon review. I'll put it in so you can see on YouTube the amazing packaging. It comes in this sort of box. Uh, obviously, it's got the Knob Creek uh, normal bottle look to it. Uh, but it says 18 on it. So 18 years, uh, aged for 18 years. This one I actually got in the barreled and boxed program from Jim Beam or the James Beam Distillery Company. Uh, but I also got another bottle uh, at Kroger's, as they like to call it around mm-hmm. here. Michael loves when you add an S to a, mm-hmm. to a, a grocery store. Yeah, I, I was going to say that, you know, you said that was your fa- favorite bottle that you got last year that was my favorite bottle that you got last year too because i'm so excited to have gotten a pour of it <laughs> yeah so we're going with the knob creek 18 um like i mentioned i was very excited for this there's been some pretty good reviews of it um you have any questions about it you haven't tried a sample yet other I've, than i have not tried a sample but one of my go-to's right now is knob 12 knob 12 i'd like to do a side-by-side down the road here whenever i can get another knob 12 but knob creek 18 you hear it in the name, 18 years old. Uh, this is the classic Knob Creek mash bill. 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley. This comes in just like the 12-year and I believe the 15-year, right at 100 proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all the same proofing. The only ones that are higher are the uh, single barrel selects, which right. normally come in at 120. Um, so again, 18 years, 100 proof, 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. You have already poured yours. Have you given it a nose I've or got a, a, well, actually, a swirl? That's sitting on my table here, and I like to pour it early just so that the glass gets full of the aroma, and I smell it from this distance yeah. when I pour it. 
I could just so I don't know if that's because it's such a mature oak, you know, eighteen year or what. Yeah, eighteen but years. I can smell the um, sucker. The color, I'd say it's got a darker hazelnut to it to me. It's definitely eighteen years old. That's for sure. Yeah, this makes uh, me think of like the uh, Pix app that it has you select the color. Yeah. You take the picture and it tries to guess the color of the bourbon. Mm-hmm. And that's an awesome app. They're not a sponsor by any means. That we'd love them to be a sponsor, but head on over to the Pix app if you want to keep like an updated rating or review of your own like idea. It matches your palate. Uh, so if you find bourbons that you like, it'll actually send you emails or similarity scores to hook you up with a different type of whiskey or a different type of bourbon that you may enjoy. Um, and I think you can buy it off the site there too. So really cool stuff. Check out Picks. I know that uh, John Edwards from Dad's Drinking Bourbon has had a, a pretty big hand in that operation and getting a lot of that all together. So go check those out, those guys out. It's an app uh, where you're not worried about an algorithm like Instagram or something like that, like TikTok, and you don't have to worry about reels. It's just a picture. So the big green thumbs up. Yeah, it is literally the big green thumbs up. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see the logo right here because I'm popping it up. This is called <laughs> editing in the moment. Uh, Let's go. I'm drinking out of a Bourbon Hood Glen Karen today. For those of you who don't know what Bourbon Hood is, it's a bourbon charity company. Uh, not company, but it's by Bourbon Charity. Uh, bourbon Hood is basically a subscription to be a Robin Hood kind of figure where you're giving money to charity. Uh, and Bourbon Charity is doing their bracket challenge. We're almost to March Madness. That starts this weekend. So if you want to donate money to a great cause and also have a chance to win some pretty cool and exclusive bottles, I think I saw Blanton straight from the barrel. Uh, I think there was a special Booker's. There's like seven or eight different bottles, I believe, that you could win just by winning a bracket. So go check them out. Bourbon Charity, uh, Bourbon Hood on Instagram as well, I believe. So go head on over there. I think it's 10 bucks a bracket or something like that. You're going to be playing a bracket anyways. Might as well put the money towards charity. There you go. Whoa, oak right off the nose. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've I've taken my I've I've nosed it and then I've got the palate cleanser sip at first and off the nose I immediately get my of course is that mature oak but I mm -hmm. got marshmallow like a sweetness mellow uh, mellow sweetness you know marshmallow there you go yeah um it's not, it doesn't smell spicy I for some reason that you think of I think of a mature bourbon i'm thinking of like 120 130 proofer um, but this is 100 proof so i was expecting it to be spicy on the nose and it's not it's mellow it, it it gives the aromas of a typical bourbon i don't think i'm yep. pulling anything too atypical out of this any kind of rye spice any kind of tropical yeah, my nose, I got oak right off the bat. Was There's a left, little leather left, to Left it. nostril or right nostril? Yeah, um, both of them are all clogged up right now. <laughs> but we're in pollen season. Yes. Um, I think I get some vanilla frosting out of it, too. That's the sweetness I get. I don't know if it's marshmallow, but I can see what you're saying. Um, Creaminess. Yeah. First <clears throat> sip here. What do you get? It's powerful. Um, there's a, I definitely get that heavy. It's a mature oak. Um, 
as I'm sitting here talking, it's fading into the back of my mouth a little bit more. Um, it's really heavy on the oak, but it's that's that's all I'm getting here as I'm speaking. Um, it's got sweetness that comes through. It's not overly sweet. Um, this is it, it's good. Um, yeah, definitely. You definitely get the oak on it. I think if if you're in a barrel for 18, 18 years, it better be oaky. Yeah, it's got that classic beam nuttiness to me too. Uh, I get some walnut, like a dry walnut out of it. Yeah. Um, and the oak is, I mean, it's oak forward and it's mature oak. It's an oak bomb for sure. There's not much other than that. I get the nuts and the oak and that's about it. The, f- the finish is all right. I think it coats the mouth well, viscosity. In the glass, it seems a little more um, thin when you give it the swirl. Yeah. But it does coat the glass. So there's definitely uh, an oiliness to it, an oiliness to it. Yeah, I do. I definitely am picking up that peanutty that, you, that mm-hmm. you're talking about. There's, And when I talk complexity, I really always go to my two complex guys, which is the Barrel Vantage and the BRT2 by Makers. Those yeah. are two complex bombs of bourbons. Um, and I don't get that out of this. I think it's a... Not, it's flat a little bit. It's got great bourbon profile. It's a classic bourbon, but that's it. Mm-hmm. I think it's simple, and that's what I wrote down for the finish. It's a simple finish. It's even. Um, there's a little bit of a tang to the back um, where there's some tangle to it, but, I mean, for 100 proof, this is an easy drink. Yes. Yes. You want to talk in the mic? <laughs> Try not to touch the table, so I'm not shaking everything. <laughs> we're going, going back for a little bit more. It, it was a light pour we had there. But yeah, I I, I uh, think that, like you said, this is a classic bourbon, classic mm-hmm. bourbon profile. Um, a little more peanutty than I would than I appreciate. Like that mm-hmm. walnut as, you, as it lingers. The oak is is good. It's a good oak. Um, a good level of sweetness, not overpowering. No, I thought off the nose that it had a little more sweetness on the nose than I anticipated for the taste to not have, right? Like there was a lot more sweet up front in the nose. And then when it came into my mouth, it actually felt more like it was a drier taste. Um, you can definitely pull the oak out of that, but there's not, I don't have any like dark fruit. Like, and I pulled a little bit of that dark fruit out of the nose. Um, there's not much of that. I just say notes and uh, of nuts and oak, like mature mature oak, as you mentioned. Yeah, I would I would I would say that it, it's oaky up front and then finishes nutty. I would there's not there's not a lot to it. So on our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale, which you can find with the pin post right on our Instagram page, but we'll run through it real quick. Top of the top, Hall of Fame. Second is All Star, which is second in line because most All Stars become Hall of Famers, but not all of them do. Uh, everyday player is right in the middle. Somebody that's going to be in every day on your shelf or maybe every day in your lineup. A bench player, not a knock, but something that you go to every once in a while to mix up the lineup. And then there's a DFA, which means designate for assignment. You're off the team. So where do you put this on our rating scale, Mike? I think because it's 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 a good classic bourbon, but it's nothing to me. I'm not blown away by it. Um, it's not complex. It's classic bourbon. And for 
what it is, I think if I were to blind it, I would definitely be benching this. Mm -hmm. And now even looking at the name, it's an 18 year old bourbon. And I don't even know if I've had anything this old before. This might be the oldest bourbon I've ever tasted. Um, It might be one of the ones that I've up there for me too. Yeah. I don't know if I've tasted anything this old. Um, and I've always heard, you know, after a certain age, it just gets oakier. There's there's a sweet yeah. spot age wise. And I've never had anything older, but um, for me, it's 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 classic bourbon. It's a little flat, as I like I, I want to call it. It's got just the two levels. You you got the oak up front, mm-hmm. peanuts in back. Um, so I'm a little disappointed in it if I look at the label and taste it. Um, so it's still, even if I said blind, I would bench it and still even knowing what it is, I disappointingly bench it. Bench it. I, uh, I'm going to bench it too. Um, I teetered back between bench and everyday player, but, uh, I'm going with a bench partially for the MSRP of 170. So it's not the right. most affordable bottle. Uh, that is cheaper than a lot of the older bottles nowadays though. Right. Like think. Even uh, old fits for a while was ten dollars per year. Uh, that's how they would price it. So a fifteen year would be one hundred and fifty. A seventeen year was one seventy. They jacked up the nineteen year old price quite a bit. Um, so that's one extra year, uh, and that was in the two fifty range. So this is cheaper on that regard. Uh, I do see with the higher age, you've got to put out a higher price. Yeah. I, I agree with the flat statement. It. Um, it feels like it's lacking something on the back end. I think the nose is fantastic. Right. I think the nose is very good. It's a bourbon, it's like hits all the notes of bourbon, like just a classic bourbon. And then the taste up front, it's okay. And then it just kind of fades away and just becomes flat. And I agree with that opinion and assessment. So that's, I'm unfortunately benching it. I think it's a good pour. I just, I'm not reaching I'd rather, for this every day. I'd rather buy the Knob 12 for half the price. Right. Oh, if not less than half the price. Yeah. Right now, it ranges anywhere from sixty to seventy-five dollars. I would like to see how they stack up next to each other. Yeah, we'll have to do in it. a blind. We'll have to do it. I'll have to send you another sample, and we'll have to pop open a twelve. But yeah, uh, yeah, I've got I've got a little bit of a twelve left. Yeah, but I will be buying uh, another because it is my go-to right now. So that has been the bourbon portion of our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast. As always, we. Love to hear your thoughts, your reviews, as we try to give our open and honest reviews of the bourbon or the whiskeys that we tried. We hope that you give us an honest review. Hey, Brandon, I just don't like the way he talks into the mic, or Michael's wearing his hat like a weirdo this week. (laughs) And I'm waiting for you to quote it. This is uh, old man style. Oh, old man style. This is old man style. I do not like your hat. Oh, (laughs) Go dogs go. I do not like it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Look at that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I brought props this week. And for those of you not watching uh, on YouTube, I actually was in my daughter's room reading her book today. And I looked up and I was like, go dog go. Wait a second. This is Michael's book. So Michael, you may have caught it in past episodes, has said, I do not like your hat. I do not. So, and also the end free- too. Also in the end, I do like that party hat. But yeah, so I'm wearing my hat. I'm wearing my hat, uh, old man style. I like to call it. It just sits right on top of the head, so that way you're still, you know, getting that visor. You're still you don't like the hair, really. Yeah, you're not messing up with the hair. 
and it's not squeezing your head. But you're still repping it, you know. You, you always got your your grandpa was always, you know, wearing your your T-ball hat, you know, that you were representing or something. But he didn't want to mess up his hairdo or squeeze his head. So there you go, right there. Oh well, we just lost all our sixty-plus-year-old listeners. So, <laughs> but uh, please rate us and review us. We'd love to hear your thoughts as we transition from bourbon to baseball. We usually do that with a trivia question, so I have one to toss to you. We're deep in the middle of the World Baseball Classic, which we'll dive into here in a minute in our baseball talk. So I've got a World Baseball Classic Seven. themed. Uh, no. Uh, all-time home run leader in the major leagues amongst players who were born between the Netherlands, Aruba, and Curacao. I'm sorry. You said the all-time MLB home run leader who was born between those three. Who, out of those three countries, the Netherlands, Aruba, and Curacao, Aruba, Curacao, uh, all part of the old Dutch colonies, um, and I believe Curacao, born players play on the Netherlands team. So okay. that's why I'm adding that. The all-time home run leader from those countries. Andrew Jones. It is Andrew Jones. I knew because he was Netherlands, right? Yeah, Netherlands. But uh, he's a stud. Amazing center fielder. I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame within the next couple of years. But He's, he's, he's yeah. one of those controversial guys for the Hall of Fame, speaking of, of he hit 280 career. But he was mm-hmm. one of the best center fielders, hit home runs, and that Atlanta Braves lineup was definitely a threat. But he only hit mm-hmm. 280 for his career. He had the 453 on home runs, I believe, is what the number was. I closed the tab, but it's not the 500 club, but that's still pretty high up there, especially when you add in his defense and everything else that he did. And it was a long career, too. So, so Brandon, I have, one, I, I have one for you here. Who oh, has you. more stolen bases in their career? Albert Pujols or Ronald Acuna Jr.? I'm going to say Albert Pujols. That, that, that would be an easy guess as you'd think that Pujols has been in the league how many years and Acuna has been in it, what, five? Mm-hmm. But yes, Pujols is leading in, home, in stolen bases, but by only 10. <laughs> and he played for 100 years. So. <laughs> If we're gonna do off the cuff trivia, I have one more for you. Well, that's a bring. I got. We're, yeah. we're one for one here. Let's go. We're uh, we are both win- one or well, yeah. We are both one for one. All right, from the leadoff position, Juan Pierre. Who has the most home runs in a season? There are two players to have done it to tie with the same amount, with thirty nine. I I know one of those is Alfonso Soriano. Okay. Number two, lead He's off. an active player. He's an active player. He didn't just retire this year? Mm-mm. Lead off home runs. Let's go Kyle Schwarber. It is George Springer hit 39 in mm. 2019. Mm-hmm. So I believe Soriano did it with the Cubs. It was either the Cubs yes. or the Nationals. Pretty I sure thought it Cubs. was the Cubs. Um, I think it was 2010. But yeah, those are our trivia questions. Good job this week, Mikey. I'm proud of you. Thank you, thank you. I don't, I don't know why I knew that. I think Andrew Jones played for the Netherlands in the mm-hmm. WBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think, um, isn't Yerkes and Profar from Curacao? And I think he plays on the Netherlands teams. Maybe, maybe. So, 
Uh, that's the only reason I knew that Curacao played with the Netherlands. So we are halfway through the month of March. This is dropping on March 15th. We're a couple of days away from St. Patrick's Day. March Madness starts tomorrow. So the basketball world is really going to take storm. Uh, but the World Baseball Classic kind of has a March Madness kind of feel to it. We'll get to that in a second. Spring training started well before the WBC. We are about a month in. I think it was February 14th and 15th that most teams started spring training. The big thing has been the rules changes and how that was going to affect the game. We've already seen how it has impacted spring training at times. What is your thoughts so far for it, against it? Go. So I'm going to first talk about the, the pitch clock. 15 seconds, the batter has to be ready at 8. And I think it's fantastic that we have the World Baseball Classic this year because you're able to sit in spring training, see this pitch clock, and see the pace of games. I think it's frustrating mm -hmm. when the batter's in the box necessarily, but he's not looking at the pitcher That's a, at eight seconds. Mm -hmm. I think that's frustrating. I feel like it's fast. I feel like yeah. if 15 seconds, that batter only gets seven seconds as soon as the pitcher gets the ball to adjust, take a breath, get set, and look up. I think it's a little fast. I think it's a little fast. Um, but what helps is during this World Baseball Classic, they're not playing by those rules. They're playing by the old rules with no pitch clock. And after watching some spring training games, and it's it's an hour in and we're already in the fourth or fifth inning, mm -hmm. where now I'm watching Team USA play Mexico, and it's an hour in and we're in the second inning. <laughs> and I'm, I'm waiting for the guy to pitch the ball, and I have time to go to the fridge and make dinner real quick, and it's still yeah. the same inning. <laughs> yeah. So I I enjoy the the pace of play that it speeds things up. It's not one pitch for, for five minutes. I enjoy that. I just think it's a tad fast. I think it's a tad yeah. Fast. Th there's probably a middle ground. I think that they need to reach. Um, I do think it's good for the game though. I yes. the pace of these games. Uh, I think I saw a Cubs spring training game finish in two hours and seven minutes. And there were still uh, like seven runs scored, something like 14 yeah. hits. So there's action out in the field. I originally thought this was going to be more of a benefit for the hitters. But it seems to be more of an advantage for the pitchers. What do you think? I, I was taught in high school that it was three minutes or... 15 pitches, something like that. That was our goal, something to be paced. So you catch the ball mm -hmm. and you get right back on the mound. And the pitchers get into a groove. As a, as a pitcher, that was your thing. And mm -hmm. that's what they teach batters, too. If you see a pitcher's in the groove, step out of the box. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I think, I think it helps pitchers who maybe didn't do that before get into a rhythm. And, mm -hmm. you just, and it just flows, man. When, you, when you're pounding the zone, you get right back up there, and that batter doesn't really have too much time to process what you just threw him, what the count is, um, right. they're not ready for it. Well, I know Max Scherzer's playing some games too with batters. Have you seen this? I did see that. And they Where even had to make like a it. rule clarification for it. Yeah. So uh, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks, especially the first two or three weeks as it's in the regular season. In like, It's one thing to watch it in spring training, and like you said, the World Baseball Classic, but to see it in a regular season game be implemented where for – for us, it's been 30-plus years of watching baseball where you're used to one certain – I know it's gotten slower and slower and slower over the years, but right. like this is just like 
flipping it on its head. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good. I do think that it's going to lead to more action. Hopefully, the people that just kind of got bored with baseball over time start to come back. The, the veteran players who are not used to it, who have been around, are probably the biggest adjustment. But the guys who have been playing in the minor leagues the last two years, they've played with it. Right. Well, that's why when we had our conversation on this in the Ben Holiday podcast in the rules podcast itself i said i wondered how this is going to be impacted by the world baseball classic because they're not playing on these rules so these players are going to have a quicker time to have to adjust to this after they did it in spring training for a couple of weeks and they went out to the world baseball classic and now they're got to play for two weeks under different sets of rules and then they come back so i wonder how that's going to impact these players as they come back which we can dive into as we get into the season but i think that's one thing to keep an eye on as we get to the regular season is those players that played in the World Baseball Classic, are they more apt to create a violation through the first couple of weeks? And I want to say no, because it's it's the stars that went and played, but it's not necessarily just the stars. You've got Owen Cassie playing for Team Canada, right. who's going back right back to the minor league system. Um, and that's Javier all he's Asad. used to. Yeah. yeah, Javier Saad, oh, he's only played in the minor leagues, really. Um, I, th- I think they're professionals and they know how to get ready. I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it, they're they're not as much of an advantage because they did go, get to go back to stepping out of the box, looking at the bat mm-hmm. barrel. Um, I don't. I think they'll adjust. I just don't want to see adjust, games decided by a pitch clock. Like the first weekend where right. there was a game that obviously games don't end in a tie, but um, there was a was it Boston and the Braves? Yep. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, bases loaded, full count, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and walk-off tie because of a pitch clock violation by the batter, I believe. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You have to address the pitcher. Like, hello, pitcher. Uh, (laughs) You have to be looking at him. And the worst one I've seen so far is the batter stepped out because the umpire went to get more baseballs. Mm -hmm. So the umpire went and got more baseballs. The batter waited for the umpire to be back into his area behind the catcher. Mm -hmm. But by that time, it was nine seconds. So the moment the umpire got ready, that a violation. He called. They called. Now if the umpire is not in case. his box, and yeah. so he waited for the umpire to get ready. So if he would have stepped in the box, the umpire was over here, not yeah. even, not even barely in the dirt. That was the worst one. That didn't make sense to me. The bat, the batter was like, like you weren't ready. I was waiting for you. Yeah. So it's almost like I feel like the umpire needs to start it sometimes, or they need to make sure they call timeouts. When the umpire's out of his box. So that, that, oh, that, that was the craziest one. 100% agree. So we're March 15th. That's when this episode drops. We are just about two weeks away. 15 days from opening day. March 30th. Hard to believe it's here. Um, any thoughts on the season real quick? We'll do a season preview as we get closer. But so far biggest storylines is it is it the pitch clock is it the new rules i mean we've had the bigger bases i don't think that has really caused too much of a difference the shift seems to have created more hits up the middle yes i do like the shift i think the pickoffs the limited number of pickoffs has created more stolen bases Mm -hmm. guys know they're limited and so they i think stolen bases are up this spring yeah yeah but there is a statistic there. The guys who have the most stolen bases are guys fighting for their job. Yeah. Where so they're like trying the, to, they're try hard kind of guys. Yes. They're where the veterans aren't necessarily stealing. They got job. I don't want to get hurt. Yes. Right. right. 
So, two weeks from tomorrow will be opening day. Uh, boy, it, it feels like it's been a longer than normal off-season, doesn't it? Well, it feels like a long spring training because this is our longest spring training in three years. All right. In Since 2020, it was cut short. 20, yeah, 2020 was cut short. 2021, it was... Was pushed back a little bit. And last and year... last year, the CBA. Mm-hmm. So 2019 was the last time we had this kind of spring training. Man, it's been four years. Let's go. That's crazy. Was that Let's the last go. WBC too? I believe so. 2019? Wow. wow. Yeah. Oof. So next year would well, be the first spring regular spring training. normal spring training in five years wow that's insane a lot of those players aren't even playing anymore uh so with spring training unfortunately comes the injury portion of things have had some big names kind of yeah. drop not necessarily drop drop for the year but some injuries that i think could play some key roles at least for the first couple of weeks of the season if not the first couple of months uh first one vlad jr he had to drop out of the world baseball classic sounds like his knee's okay I think but it's still that's the probably the day. biggest biggest name that I've seen drop with an injury note. Then next was Carlos Rodon, who's mm. got a strained forearm, which is scary because strained forearm tends to lead to elbow issues. So I've got details on this one because Carlos Rodon's on my fantasy team. Um, was looking to move him at, at certain points this offseason just because I have a plethora of pitching on my fantasy team. But the good news on Carlos Rodon, there's two, two, two things to it. One, usually UCL Tommy John type forearm injuries are on the inner side of the forearm, which is the UCL. Apparently, this okay. is on the outside of his forearm. And it's apparently right, well, something that he pitched through last year that, he, that started in May. Hmm. So that's why he came out and said, if this was October, I'd be pitching, man. But because it's April, I want to be pitching October and we're going to take it easy. So it could you could look at it as either a cover up, you could look at it as a way to manage his innings, and, and the Yankees trying to protect their investment of however much hundred million Rodon is, and because they lost Frank, Frankie Mota, Frank, Frankie Mon, Monta, Montas, yeah. Montas, they lost him for uh, I think for the year, shoulder surgery. I thought. Yeah. So they I don't lost, know if it's for the year, but I I know it's for most of this season. I really think the Yankees really wish they had Hayden Wisniewski right now in their rotation. Wisniewski, yeah. Hayden Wisniewski. Uh, and they got him, the Cubs, from the Yankees for... Uh, Scotty uh, Efros. The, Scotty Efros, who's also just had Tommy John, so he's not even going to pitch for the Yankees this year either. Right. Get better, Scotty Efros. We love you, man. Uh, Thank Chicago you. Chicago boys. Yep. Thank you. Next on the list, I have Harrison Bader on the Yankees as well. He was a big uh, trade piece last year who came to the Yankees from the Cardinals. He's dealing with an oblique strain. Uh, he was one of their best players in the postseason last year. So I think he was excited to come in fresh with the job of center field. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's going to impact the Yankees lineup. And uh, obliques seem to have been the, the injury of the the spring training. We'll get to that here in a second. Uh, two big pitching additions for the Rangers dealing with left side oh, no. tightness. That is Jacob DeGrom and Nathan Ivaldi. Are we surprised uh, that DeGrom's already shut down? No, already delayed. Uh, but I guess I guess he said it's just tightness and he's throwing again. But that's something to watch going forward. That's uh, theoretically the biggest arm in the offseason, him or Verlander, right? And Rodon, it was kind of those three, and then everybody else 
uh, and two of the three are hurt. So here you go, Justin. <laughs> Things happen in threes. Fingers crossed. Next was Justin Turner. This was a scary one. Did you see this? He took I a did fastball see it. off the face. Man, it's it's square. But supposedly he's coming back in good and spirits. And no broken bones in his face. Right, I mean, right. he was bleeding so, immediately. So yeah, Jordan Alvarez has a hand issue, which is making it hard to swing. He just started swinging a bat for the first time, like within the last couple of days. Now this is worrisome because this is a, I think, a Hammett injury that bothered him last year too. And from what I've read, is Hammett injuries don't really heal. Uh, yeah, normally they have to remove the bone. Or most of the time, Alberto Mora had a hamate bone injury that kept him out. I think six or seven months one year. So this is for such a you know for a guy who's so his bat his thing they don't have mm-hmm. him on the team for his defense. This is, that kept him out last year an injury. I, this is worrisome that you're not going to get him for all for 150 games even. Right, and also worrisome is that Lance McCullers also dealing with a forearm injury. He did resume long toss uh, earlier this week, maybe if not today. So he's on the comeback trail, but that's an arm in that rotation who's a three or four who theoretically with Verlander gone was going to have to play a bigger role. Um, So now you've got really two guys in that rotation that you can count on uh, rather than three, and last year you had four. Yeah, and I – I, I think it, McCullers is de- is not going to be ready for opening day, um, but they do have Verlander type mechanic guy Hunter Brown, who is ready to j- step right in. And I think this opens up a spot for him right away mm-hmm. in rotation. He could be exciting to watch. I think when he first came up, you could put him and Verlander mirrored image to, on top of each other. Yeah, and the mechanics were exactly the same. So that's kind of fun. Hope that to he watch. keeps it together. Right. Uh, speaking of oblique, Seiya Suzuki on the Cubs, he is out uh, with, a, I believe it was a grade two strain, not even a grade one. So it's a little really? worse than a normal oblique. Um, mm. We'll see what his opening day status looks like. But we're within two weeks, and I think this normally takes about a month to six weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't this count was, on it. I think they're always I wouldn't saying. count on it either. And he came in ripped. He came in jacked into camp. Um, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. it. It could. I mean, a little bit more strain on the muscle. Uh your body's not used to that muscle mass. Who knows? Uh, speaking of oblique, Mitch Hanniger, another big saving boy. If the Giants offseason couldn't get worse, you go from Arson Judge to Mitch Hanniger as the backup for Aaron. Consolation. And bodies. then you had Carlos Correa, who just didn't have a leg. Uh, and <laughs> they didn't sign him. And now your biggest real off-season move was Mitch Hanniger, and now he's out with an oblique, and it's saying, I believe I saw six weeks before he's back. Could be wrong on that one, but That guy just could can't be stay healthy. Man. Poor guy. No. He had such a great breakout year. What was it, 21? Was it 21 or was it not 2019? I think, I, well, I think he came back and had one good year recently. So... Joe Musgrove dealing with a big toe injury. I think he took a ground ball off the toe and broke it. But he's he's on the comeback trail. But, I mean, that that rotation is fine. That Padres team, man. Yeah, well, I, I think they might actually be better than the Dodgers this year. Maybe. Because, the, so, and, and, uh, and, and we'll jump right into this injury. The Dodgers didn't re-sign Trey Turner. They were going to mm-hmm. hand Gavin Lux the starting shortstop role, one of their top prospects back in the day. And mm-hmm. Gavin Lux running the third base, I don't know if you saw it, run from second to third. Did he go to stop to try He got to... carted off the field, didn't he? 
Yeah, he went to stop and his knee just twisted the wrong way and he tore MCL or ACL and he's out for the year. So now yeah, I'm assuming ACL if he's out for the year. I didn't see what the actual injury was. I saw that he got hurt. I saw the video. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's had seven knee surgeries, it's one of those that I don't want to watch anymore. Um, <laughs> it, it just kind of hurts to look at. Yeah, uh, even if you it. haven't gotten hurt, you feel it. But when you've had that injury and you know what that feels like, you're like, you're scared it's going to happen to you just watching the video. Um, also, they just had Freddie Freeman go down potentially with a hamstring injury. Did they? For Team I didn't Canada. see that. Yeah, he went out of the game because of a hamstring injury uh, flying oh, no. out to third base. He got taken out in the fourth inning or the fifth inning of the game. Uh, against Mexico, uh, today against Mexico, I believe. So it's going to be one to watch because that's a former MVP in your lineup. I mean, that now you look at their infield, which was Turner, Turner, uh, who was second Lux, base for him? Was Gavin, Luck? Gavin was at second, and um, Freddie, and what's and Murphy, not yeah, Murphy, right? Taylor, no, uh, but so they went from a, a pretty stout infield now. To probably Miguel Vargas at first base now. Miguel Rojas, I think, at shortstop. Third base. Yeah, Rojas is going to probably be at shortstop because that's who they traded for from the, the, the Marlins. Uh, Marlins. But, right. Man, let me go look up the depth chart here. The, the Dodgers team just looks a little depleted from years past, and you wonder if it can keep up. I mean, I even see word that, like, hey, the D-backs have a chance. Max Muncy is who you're looking for. Max Muncy, Yes. Who did I? Well, well, I said Sean. Or I said Murphy. I said Murphy was the last name. It was Max Muncy. So suddenly now, Muncy, who was looking at maybe a platoon role, I think if Freddie Freeman has to miss any time, Muncy's at he, first Well, base. he's listed as a starting third baseman right now. Oh, no. This will be so. interesting because now you get where the outfield is not Bellinger. You've, who's in the outfield? Betts? You've got Chris Taylor, Trace Thompson, and J.D. Martinez. And you don't want that guy playing the outfield. And Jason Hayward. Oh, gee. he's going to make the team now. He's going to make the team now, probably. He's going to make the team. And you know what? Now that I'm saying that, Mookie Betts is going to come play second base earlier than expected. They're going to put Vargas back at first, and Mookie's going to come play second, and Hayward will join the outfield. Who's Vargas? Miguel Vargas. Yep, yes. he's already listed as the number uh, one um, defensive second baseman on the team. So, yeah, uh, the Dodgers injury bug especially the Bueller's coming back from the arm injury so it's not going to be right away i don't think for not him until september so they're going to have injuries about the the thing about the dodgers is they always have depth so we'll get more into that here in a couple of weeks when we do our season predictions show which is just a couple of weeks away as we get closer and closer to the regular season so we just gave you oh one last injury you see what happened to jose quintana no i did not so he's out f- through at least July. He's got a lesion on his rib. So they've got to do surgery and take a bone graft and pack the rib with another bone because he's got some sort of issue in his rib that it like it's life-threatening, supposedly, wow. or close to it. Like beni- Oh, it was benign. That's what it said. What but, team is yeah. he on now? He's on the Mets. Remember, he was part of the <laughs> Verlander... Um, the Coda Senga and Quintana, like they spent a bunch of money on their rotation, and now Senga has been dealing with a f- finger issue, mm-hmm. like a right finger strain, and so, Quintana. The old guy, Verlander and Serger. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Carrasco. So, 
some injuries to keep an eye on as we go forward. It always happens. It always sucks to see, but it that's why you do your fantasy baseball drafts towards the end of spring training. And Michael will have more on fantasy baseball in the next couple of weeks as well. So check out our Instagram pages as well as our YouTube shorts. You can find some more of those uh, over the next couple of weeks. As we change over to the World Baseball Classic, for those of you who don't know, uh, is this the fifth time that they played it? Or? Well, I'm not sure. It's, uh, I it's know Dice Game. It's been a few for sure. Uh, but what it is, it's 20 teams across four different pools. So teams of uh, divisions of five. Um, and they each play each team. So you play the other four teams in your bracket. Uh, and the top two with the best record coming out of that pool move on to the quarterfinals and the semifinals and then ultimately uh, the World Baseball Classic Championship. So far, you've watched a decent amount of that. What are, what are your thoughts so far? Um, number one, the U- Team USA has no starting pitching. Their offense is, I mean, we're, the guy batting eight is Trey Turner. Um, I mean, come on, that's that. But then the the rotation is Adam Wainwright, Nick Martinez, um, the Padres, Nick Martinez. Yes, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure. So you just don't have the guys. You don't have Jacob Degrom. You don't have Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon. You don't have MLB's aces out there necessarily because they're all so injury prone or older, and they don't necessarily want to risk getting hurt for their season. So you do feel like Team USA is lacking in that point um, where some other teams are just stud rotations. Yeah. Um, you got Sandy Alcantara um, on, on one team leading. Uh, Dominican Republic has a nasty offense, um, but I right. think they lost to Venezuela right off the bat, first game in the pool play. So the pool play has been great plays. I know they don't – not every game necessarily – is an elimination game, but they have been fun games to watch mm-hmm. because it's they've been describing the games have been sold out. Chase Field in Arizona, the games have been sold out. It is it looks play, fun. It is playoff baseball in March. It is fantastic. You got a guy striking out the side, or just even striking out one guy pumping his fists. I think the coolest story. I, I think you already have it listed here, Brennan, in our notes. Um, mm-hmm. is the 21-year-old who struck out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and do you know the third one? Rafael Devers. Struck out those three batters, to, struck out the side as a 21-year-old prospect from uh, what team was he? Where is he from? He's Nicaragua, and he immediately after the game signed a minor league deal with the Detroit Tigers. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool, right? Like you're living your dream on this biggest stage and you come out and you strike out three of the best batters in the league right now. You've got Soto, as you mentioned. You got J Rod, who was he was the rookie of the year last year. Uh-huh. Uh and Rafael Devers, who just got paid three hundred plus million dollars and he's the best player on the Red Sox. You come out and you strike out the side and then the Detroit Tigers hand you a contract afterwards. Yeah, so if any of these teams that are, are don't have rotation options or bullpen options need a guy for uh, 2026, 2027, whenever the next WBC is, uh, Michael Burns, uh, just give me a call. <laughs> hit me up on Instagram or email us at barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Uh, just, I'm, I'm, I'm rehabbing my shoulder right now. The, the speed's coming, but hey, hit me up, baby. The, the movie The Rookie 2.0. 
<laughs> yeah, but he threw like 93. You threw like 63. He threw like nine. I thought he threw like even faster than that, like 98 or something like that. But yeah, anyways. I think it was 98. Hey, 63. But... I throw. I throw harder than that, brother. <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm well, coming off shoulder surgery. We'll get there. So two of the pool plays are already decided. We'll have to wait through the afternoon today, which is Wednesday, November 15th, for the rest of this to really come to fruition. But uh, pool A was Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, Panama, and Chinese Taipei. Or Taipei and uh, Cuba wins this. The, all teams finished two and two. Hmm. So this all came down to the tiebreaker. So Cuba was number one, and then Italy was number two. Pool B in Tokyo, Japan just ran rum shot all over everybody, 4-0. And then Australia also advanced as the second team from that bracket. That also had the Czech Republic, China, and Korea. I don't know so who's on the China team, those but two they're over four. Each other. Uh, no, so the way it works is that... Australia plays Cuba. Um, so that's Pool B, runner-up Australia plays Cuba, Pool A, winner, tonight. Uh, well, I guess it'll be it'll be decided by the time this podcast drops because it's 6 a.m. Eastern um, a.m. because it's played in Tokyo uh, on Fox Sports 2. So there'll be a winner of that game. And then the other quarterfinal, which is tomorrow at 6 a.m. Eastern, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, March the 15th, Italy, which was Pool A runner-up, will face Japan, which is probably going to just destroy them. But, hey, who knows? Uh, that is on Thursday. And then quarterfinal three and quarterfinal four, we don't know who the winners are yet uh, for either. That that will be played on Friday and Saturday. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Venezuela in Puerto Rico, but it all depends on the last game for both those teams. Like, Venezuela's in. They're 3-0. and Um Israel, as well as the Dominican Republic, are one and one. Puerto Rico's two and one. Nicaragua is eliminated on four. They're in Pool D, which is being played mm-hmm. in Miami, and then Pool C, which is the one that most people have watched: uh, Canada, USA, Mexico, Colombia, and then Great Britain. Uh, I bring up Great Britain <laughs> because it's like at the last minute they realize, oh, we need uniforms. What do you think of these? I, the jerseys is like. They said, hey, here's your jerseys. It's going to cost, you know, $300 per jersey. And someone stepped in and said, I know someone who can do it cheaper. <laughs> I, I saw something. I think it was on Instagram or Facebook. And it said, the person creating the Great Britain jersey threw Arial font, just threw Great Britain, and threw it in the middle of the jersey and printed it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's literally, think of a jersey, like all these intricate jerseys. And then this is literally a navy blue with a red just in like Comic Sans font almost too. Mm-hmm. Great Britain. And then they're and alternates too. And they were iron on too. That one of the pitchers, his key fell off and great. Yes. So it was hanging. The best so if joke. You want a good laugh. Go. I'll, we'll throw it up on our Instagram page too. Yeah. The best uh, laugh I saw was the alternates that Great Britain had. And one of them was word art. And it said, you know, the classic word art from Word, yeah. Great Britain. Yeah. Back in um, the day, the word art. Yes. For those kids back in the day, you had to go into a computer room to go onto the computers in school. And if you wanted to create graphics, you had to pop up this item in Word called Word Art. And you could change the fonts to look real fun and cool. So, yeah, that's literally what the Great Britain jerseys look like, which is hilarious. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about the World Baseball Classic. The walk-off perfect game, right, by Puerto Rico. Uh, that would have been Tuesday night. Did you see this? 
I only saw the headline. I didn't see. So I think there's a run rule, right? Is there, there is like a mercy rules. rule? Yes, there are and mercy it's 10, rules. 10 runs. Um, so <clears throat> Puerto Rico did not give up a single base runner. And in the bottom of the eighth inning at their at-bat, they scored the 10th run to make it 10 to nothing. So they threw eight innings of perfect game, and then they walked it off on the 10th run in the bottom of the eighth inning. So something you're not terribly used to, but like it's just one a of A mercy rule that, and a perfect game. And a perfect game all in the same <laughs> one. And the team who threw the perfect game won on a walk-off where they won by 10 runs. So try to wrap that around your head. But, WBC's um, put, first perfect game. Yeah. Uh, man, these teams. Uh, I mean, Puerto Rico is... Puerto Rico. You've got Jose Barrios. Um, I'm just running through their Elias Diaz, Edwin Diaz. Um, these are just their pitchers so far. Uh, not a ton of them. Derek Rodriguez pops up. That's, I believe, the son of uh, um, catcher. Uh, Pudge. Yeah, if Pudge I'm was in attendance. I follow Pudge on Instagram, and he was in in attendance. Former Cub, Dwayne Underwood Jr. Uh, Martin Maldonado is the catcher with Christian Vasquez as well. Um, Javi Baez, Edwin Diaz, Enrique Man. Hernandez, El Mago Francisco already. Lindor. He's made a sweet defensive oh. play from second base second behind base. the bag. Yeah. That, I mean, he made it look he made it look routine, and it was not. Mm-hmm. And then I think his most recent swim move at third base. Just, Dude. Uh, I, miss, Yachty. I miss watching him. Man, think about this. Dude, the coaching staff. Have you seen the coaching staff for <laughs> No, but Puerto you're Rico? stunned by it. Your Yadier Molina. And... Yadier Molina. Alex Cintron is the bench coach. Victor Rodriguez is the hitting coach. Okay. Assistant hitting coach is Juan Gonzalez. You've remember, got, his, remember his batting stance? Yes. Jose Molina is the first base coach. Luis Rivera is the third base coach. And then Jose Rosado is the bullpen coach. Like Those are all former big leaguers who are who had pretty decent careers. Who are regulars, right. Yeah. Man, uh, Venezuela, I'm assuming that that team's stacked. I haven't, yes. I, I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a ton. Jose Alvarado, um, Julius Chassin. Basically, you'll be surprised. Like, when you look at the line, you'll be like, oh, I'm sure it's just, you know, one of Salve. these teams. Man, look at the catchers. And uh, Wilson Contreras isn't in this? No. He's from Venezuela. And no. here's the three catchers. You've got Salvador Perez, Omar Navias, and Robinson, Tor- Robinson Torinos. Oh, and then you get to the infield, and you've got Luis Arias, who just won the Banning Championship for the AL, with Jose Altuve, Eduardo Escobar, Andres Jimenez, Herman Perez, Luis Ragnifo, Eugenio Suarez, and Gleyber Torres. Like, those are studs. Not all studs, but Herman Perez was a good bench player yeah. uh, with the Brewers. Um, Jimenez is on, I believe, the Guardians now. Uh, and wasn't he one of their best players last year? Eduardo mm-hmm. Escobar is a fantastic player. You've got Ronald Acuna, David Peralta, and Anthony Santander. Oh, and then you're just you're designated here. Mr. Triple Crown, Miggy. That's, that's so I love about those WBCs. You got young and old, veteran. I mean, Vance Worley pick was a Phillies pitching mm-hmm. starting pitcher for the Phillies mm-hmm. what ten years ago, and there he is pitching for Great Britain. You got yeah, Owen I Cassie. Was like, is that the same Vance Worley that like pitched? How can you not remember the, the goggles? And, yep, it was the goggles. Yeah, well, wasn't he a rookie of the year or really he good contender back mm-hmm. then? Yeah, yep. like 
His rookie year. Let's see. Uh, in 2011. Yeah, so it's been 12 years. Uh, and that was... He had 12 quality starts. He went... In 2011, he had a 3.0 ERA. He was 11-1 and on a 131 innings pitch. Yeah. And then he just fell off the face of the earth. Um, yeah. It's baseball. Uh, it, it's real cool. I'm excited to see where things go from here. It's cool to see teams uh, have players from all over the place. Like, oh, I didn't know he was of British descent, like Trace Lars Thompson. Newbar. Yeah, and Lars Newbar, <laughs> the, the salt shaker. Yeah. He's going, he's yes. gone global and, and with the salt shakers, he hit a double or something. He's got like a soccer mm-hmm. team in Japan doing the yeah. salt shaker. So it's, it's just super cool to see these players and they have like a lot of passion for it too, um, which you don't normally see on a baseball field because it's 162 games. I mean, there's passion, but this is like, like you mentioned, playoff kind of passion. So I'm excited to see where this goes. It's going to be interesting here the next couple of days to see who winds up in the quarterfinals. And then ultimately, uh, I believe next week, Wednesday is the final. So, so close to opening day. We are super close to opening day. Again, opening day, as you listen to this on March 15th, that is a week from or two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, anything else about the World Baseball Classic that you've noticed that you've loved or you want to chime in on, Mikey? I think once we get out of this pool play and we have a, a fixed bracket, it's going to be exciting. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun to watch. Certainly. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those must-see kind of things just because of the teams involved. I mean, if USA doesn't make it, I think that I think they're going to. Uh, I think it's going to be them in Canada, depending on who won this. Well, let's see. Uh, we might f- be able to get uh, a live update on that. Uh, My favorite part about the WBC too is you've got guys from countries who maybe aren't huge in baseball, and they'll interview and like, oh yeah, for you know, for the last three years I've been a a, a business account manager, and uh, I'm going to play third base. You're like, good luck to you guys. You're wow. playing, the, you're playing the Venezuela and Ronald Acuna Jr. is up to bat. <laughs> good luck. So Canada and Mexico will really decide tomorrow who makes it. If the United States are able to beat Colombia, um, and they've got uh, Merrill Kelly pitching, oh, and God. Colombia's pitcher is to be determined. Uh, but Colombia is one and two. United States is two and one. So that game will be at 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, March 15th. Uh, first pitch is 10 p.m. Eastern, as I mentioned. So that's a late watch for a lot of folks. But, uh, hey, give it a watch if you get a chance. I believe most of these games are on Fox. I saw mm-hmm. one over the weekend. Uh, so cool stuff there. Uh, World Baseball Classic. Baseball is always fun, right? Um, especially like this competitive type of baseball. So Play give it a baseball give, in March. Right. It's one game eliminations too. That's what makes it so cool for the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then ultimately the championship game is it's it's not strung out in a series. It's like you have a bad game, you're done. March Madness, March Madness of baseball, baby. Let's go. Yeah. So March Madness of baseball as we kick off March Madness. Quick, do you have a team that's going to win March Madness? Have you done a bracket yet? No, but no. I saw I saw a video of a guy who is like he thinks his secret is you look at turnovers. Teams who have given up the most turnovers usually do not do well. Most of the time, that that that's a good. Uh, I good mean, thought. that's yeah. pretty obvious. You turn the ball when, over when but... you hear about when you listen to it. But like Alabama is a team that turns the ball over a lot. So you don't think that as a number one seed that they're going to win it? I don't watch basketball enough to to comment like that. I'm just saying what I saw on a real bra. On a real, yeah. Michael's the king of 
watching reels. Um, <laughs> anything else, baseball wise, bourbon wise? No, uh, so I got my big fancy baseball draft next Friday. We got a golf tournament before it. It's gonna be oh, a good nice. time. I'm so excited for fantasy baseball and baseball season. Michael is going it. to be our fantasy baseball expert, so go give him a follow on Instagram if you haven't already. His name is atop him on YouTube if you're watching. But for those not watching, Michael, what is it? BNB underscore Burns. Check it out on Twitter. Some interacting with some other fantasy baseball experts as well will be coming. Oh, it's gonna be a so, good time. So go check out Michael on Instagram and on Twitter and look for some more reels and YouTube shorts about fantasy baseball, maybe some tips on what you should look for, how you should use your money wisely, etc. cetera, uh, over there. I am whiskey underscore weather on Instagram. You can also find me at WX Spinner on Instagram if you're looking for weather advice or just stupid stuff that I do with my coworkers. Um, I mean, I message can... Brandon for my, for a, per- Hey Brandon, I'm traveling. Um, my flight's going to be, you know, delayed or canceled. And that dude gives me a personal forecast. So if, uh, he might have to I'll start a personal can't... forecast. If you treat me right, or if you go buy a t-shirt, $25 right now, just send you... us a Venmo or <laughs> you might have to set up a cameo account, Brandon. Yeah, yes. A cameo account weather for forecast. I might get in trouble for that through work. <laughs> You can find us as a podcast on Instagram, Barrels and Barrels Pod. We're also on Facebook, Barrels and Barrels Pod. Twitter is Barrels and Barrels. You're watching on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Hey, there's a button below. Please click subscribe. We are almost to 50 subscribers. They're this close. That's our milestone by the end of March to get to 50 subscribers. We'd love to get there. If you want to buy a t-shirt or you just want to reach out and say, hey, you guys suck, or you're still listening and we are an hour into this podcast Drop us a note. We've got stickers to give away. I'll send you a sticker if you send me an email uh, that says you are listening here at an hour in. Just send that email, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcasts. You can find us there. Please just do us a favor. If you like our podcast, click the five-star rating. Leave a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Let the other people out there know what they're listening to when they click on us for the first time. Uh, We will love to do that. And if you do, I promise you'll also get a shout out as well. That has been all of episode 17 of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast. Thank you for listening. Mikey, any last words? Let's go. Let's go.